0: You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. You didn't even buy you it? You stole
1: from he her gave, family. No, no, he
0: gave it to me.
1: He stole.
0: Let's find that Let's guy. Not, we're not you name owe names.
1: her a thousand streams. If you wouldn't mind just leaving her oh, music on Oh, I stream on, her constant. music a lot. Okay. And I
0: share it as much
1: as I can. Okay, good. Hopefully wow. not on burn CDs anymore.
0: Because on one hand, we do have this weight that we've been entrusted with that we are not sufficient for. On the other hand, sometimes when we get overwhelmed, it's because we are trusting in ourselves and trying to manipulate an outcome. Because our kids aren't just little data collectors. They're imaginative creatures, too. Right. And so they don't need just information and just truth. They need meaning. They need story.
1: This is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my co-host, as usual, Mrs. Cassie Bryan. How are you doing today, Cassie?
2: I'm doing great. Great. It's good I to see you. I kind of wish Caroline had sung the intro to that. Oh,
1: you know what? We can Talks. go back and redo it. Can you sing it real quick, Cassie? Would you oh, mind?
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. No.
1: Oh. oh, I really thought we were going to get it. Uh, the woman who I'd rather have rap it is also here today. Chelsea Griffin, would you mind wrapping our intro? And also, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing good. I'm uh, giving up rap.
1: Oh, as a, that a New Year's resolution?
3: <laughs> as a career. As
1: a career. <laughs> uh, that's a little career change.
3: I'm going to continue as a fan, um, <laughs> but giving up as uh, the career hopes.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, we are uh, in the room today with our friend, singer, songwriter, worship leader, Mother Extraordinaire, Miss Caroline Cobb. How you doing today, Caroline? Oh,
0: I'm good. Ooh, plot. Wow. All
1: right. Those Thanks for applause.
0: having me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You doing all right? I'm doing good. Good. I'm so glad you're here. Glad you're with us. Uh, before we get started, let me tell you guys this. Uh, so we had scheduled Caroline. Caroline lives locally. Lives nearby. Love that you're here with us. She had kind of like slow played in the email, like, hey, I'm not that great. Oh, I remember like, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm not yeah. great with leading parents. And then I ran into her at a coffee shop this week with her husband. And I was like, oh, what are you guys up to? And they're like, oh, we're just having a, a favorite things day with our kids where our kids pick all their favorite things. <laughs> and we go around town and we do all the most wonderful, mystical, whimsical things. And I was like, okay, so you slow played being a great mom. And then I catch you out in the city being, a great being, mom. The, world's <laughs> being mom. the world's greatest mom. Being the
2: world's greatest mom. No. Back in the day of CDs... A member of our church brought me a CD and was like, "You have got to listen to this, this compact woman. disc? Yes, this she compact. She writes disc. music. It's like biblical counseling through song. Oh, mm. very excited! So it was my first encounter with Caroline, and then in 2017, we met. Right. At the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: was this one of those stalking experiences where you no. followed her can into a restaurant? Stop, and- can we
2: not brand me as okay. a stalker?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not.
2: No, a right. mutual friend introduced us, and then we ended up sitting together on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Which maybe was a little stalker. <laughs> I was we talked the whole well, time. A Southwest
1: Airplane, where you sit wherever you want.
2: I don't remember if it was oh, Southwest. Okay. Yeah, it was Southwest. Okay, so we, we chose ended up. To sit. We chose to sit. Oh, okay, you, you weren't. Right. I chose I, you. you. You did? I don't know. <laughs> <That> <laughs> Let's me feel just say that. Let's
0: say that.
1: That okay. sounds very Calvinistic. You, like, our
0: joke is that we had a connection. Yeah.
1: But oh. yeah. we
0: literally had two flights. We had
2: together. A connection. That's
1: great. That's fun. Like a flight. Did you guys chat on the flight, or was it more like, the whole time? Yeah, the whole time. Which was
2: awkward because you're sitting so close. and then you're turning, and you're like, you know, I remember. You're like we're really oh, yeah. close. And I don't know you that well, <laughs> but now we're friends. It was good. Oh. Yeah. Does
1: any uh from that compact disc? Do you remember any songs or I what? Don't album it I mean was? that was
2: back in the day of? Con- I've had three children since then.
1: Okay, <laughs> that's great.
2: A lot
0: has leaked well, slowly <laughs> out I mean,
2: of that was our a brains. A long time since ago. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think. I mean, it, it was probably was like, like a burn CD storytelling. Oh,
1: album. was a bird? You didn't even like. Uh, no, it it was didn't like a a even you didn't even buy
0: it. You didn't even
2: buy it. He stole
1: from her No, he
0: gave it to me.
1: He stole let okay. fine that guy. Not, not you owe her a thousand streams. If you wouldn't mind just leaving her oh, music on Oh, I stream on, her music
2: a lot, okay. and I share it as much as I can.
1: Okay, good. Hopefully wow. not I don't burn CDs anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Caroline, before better.
1: we jump further into our conversation, we're going to have about uh, rest, before we talk about uh, parenthood, would you tell us a little bit about your family, a little bit about your ministry for maybe people that are less familiar with what you do and who you are?
0: Yeah, so I'm married to Nick, and we have three kids. Ellie's 12 and about to be 13, like in a month. And then—so, yeah, we're entering that teenage phase. And then I've got Harrison and then Libby, who's eight— and we live here in Dallas. Nick's an elder at our church. I'm really involved at our church too. Yeah, and then, we love your yeah, yeah, I love our church too. We love yeah. your church. Um, and then I do this singer songwriter thing. So I love writing songs that tell God's story. And what I mean by that is, you know, each song kind of parachutes into a moment in scripture. And each album and every concert's kind of trying to help people rehearse and remember this big story of scripture and the gospel.
1: How long so, have you been doing that? When did that start?
0: You know, I'm coming up on like 10 years of putting out work like that.
1: Wow. Album. Happy like anniversary. Like that.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I just realized that. It was 2013. I put out this album called The Blood and the Breath. Okay. And then now I'm working on my fifth storytelling album. That's awesome. That.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Your music's so great. We listened to yes. it this morning. What was the inspiration for starting 10 years ago?
0: Oh, I made this goal to yeah. write a song for every book of the Bible in a year. It oh. was it was I was turning 30. So now you know how old I am. <laughs> but I was turning 30. And I don't know why but that felt overwhelming. And I was like, ugh. And so I decided to just write a song for every book of the Bible as like a, you know, an artistic exercise. Yeah. And I loved God's word. And marrying those two things, songwriting and God's word, was really life changing for me.
1: If someone's starting right now and hasn't listened to you, what's your favorite? Like what's the one that you feel like, man, the Lord really touched your own heart when you wrote it?
0: I think the song, There's a Mountain, is really comes out of my story. Um, so that's where I'd probably point people to first. I think people have been touched by that. It's more of an overview of the gospel. I mean, there's stuff in there from Isaiah and different places in Scripture, but it's more of an overview of God's upside-down kingdom.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love your Isaiah song, too, paved, uh, paved Away. Pave Every Road. Pave Every Road. That's it. I don't know why I said Paved Away. Paved Every Road. Yeah, yeah. I love that song. That's yeah. great.
0: Thanks. Okay,
2: let's jump into motherhood. We would love to hear you just share how motherhood has changed the
0: way you see God. I mean, it's kind of a long story, but I feel like the gospel has really set me free in motherhood. And so I'll try to be concise. But my story is really one of, you know, growing up, trying to kind of be good enough uh, for everybody and every role that I was in. So I kind of had in my head what it meant to perform to the standard of a good enough kid, a good enough, you know, student, yeah. a good enough friend, and all of those things were really important to me. And so then I became a Christian. And it was a good enough Christian, um, a good enough employee, a good enough wife, and then when motherhood came along, a good enough yeah. mom, and what I had in my head of what it meant to be a, a good Christian, Jesus-following mom. And, you know, as you get older, when you're younger, it might be, you know, you can kind of get by make the grade, and be good enough in all these roles and relationships, maybe. But then as I got older and I had more roles and more relationships and the pressure cooker kind of heated up, especially in motherhood, I think, I was failing and falling and Mm. falling short of those standards that I had kind of in my head of what it looked like to be a good mom. And for me, one way that that came out was my temper. And I didn't think of myself as having a temper or being angry or— Um, any of those things. And there's a lot more to that story. But seeing that come out is just filled me with shame, you know. Mm. And so when I I saw myself messing up and kind of falling short and not being that good enough mom that I wanted to be, I would react to that sin pattern that was coming out um, kind of in one of two ways. I'd either like fall into this self-condemnation thing where it's just like wallowing in my sin and just staring at it and being like, I hate this. And apologizing to my kids not once or twice, but like 20 times for like the same thing yeah. um, and to God. And so it's just this self condemnation. But then I would quickly move into this, like, okay, what am I gonna do? Like, I'm gonna fix this. And this, like, self righteous, like, I'm gonna, you know, in my own strength, be better. I'm going to be a better mom tomorrow. Yeah. Like I failed today, but tomorrow is like A plus or at least a B plus, like, let's go <laughs> for it. And just, that would be kind of my mindset. So like, what article could I read or what thing could I try or what could I pray or what can I do to make myself be this, stand, you know, meet the standard of yeah. what I want to be. Um, and some of that was pure hearted. You know, I I did want to please the Lord. I wanted to love my kids well, but obviously I don't think that that cycle is in line with the gospel. And yeah. sometimes I'd get really desperate and just be like, never mind. I just, this is who I am. Like, this is my Enneagram number. I, I didn't even know about the Enneagram <laughs> then. But like, <laughs> this is just who I am and I can't change. This is how God made me, you know. And just those are reactions we have, I think, when we see our sin. Yeah. But the gospel says, you know, we don't have to do the self-condemnation thing and That's we don't right. have to do the self-righteousness thing. And also we can change because we have the spirit. And Jesus has met every standard. And so I think for me, freedom came not in figuring out my sin or like white knuckling myself to victory or something, but in just saying like, Jesus, I am so thankful that the gospel is true. Yeah. And I haven't graduated from this. (laughs) In fact, I just see it as better and better as I grow and as I mature in Christ it's better and better news. And so just seeing and savoring that and just running to the cross and running to the resurrection instead of staring so hard at my sin and really like taking my eyes off myself and beholding Christ. And then I can, you know, point my kids and say to Jesus, who's this perfect Savior. I think I was trying to point them to a perfect mom so that they would say like, oh, I want to follow who my mom follows. But I want to point them to a gospel that's going to sustain them, not to... perfect mom. so so good. Yeah. It's been big for me. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it's still, I'm still in the story. So
1: yeah,
2: it's so much of your story resonates with me. And part of my story in terms of like, becoming a mom felt like it just, I don't know, it like jolted me out of my reality and my own perception of self and all of this. It was just, you know, those relationships that you can kind of perform and control and all of that. And then yeah. Become a mom, and it's like you're with these people all the time. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. no rest from that. You know, there, I mean, there's some rest, but I just felt very exposed in my sin when, mm-hmm. when I became a mom. And I also didn't think that I would struggle with anger. I didn't, would never have called myself an angry person. And then I became a mom, and I was like, oh, there's something deep down inside Right. that is being exposed. But music, worship, music specifically has ministered so much to me in motherhood. I mean, yeah. I can think about different songs. I mean, for each kid, a different worship song, nursing and like through the night or something, and that I would just have playing or singing or, or just kind of reaching, I don't know, my own, the end of myself and then turning to, to song. Is that true for you? And does your music help you find
0: rest in God? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think music is doing something to us. Like I don't know why God invented music or created it, but it makes me, if you stop and think about it, like it's pretty incredible. Like, yeah. go sit at a symphony and you're like, all these yeah. all these different instruments are harmonizing with each other. And, yeah. I mean, it just makes you know that there's something bigger at play. But I think music, what it's doing to us is, like, it's taking truth and rooting it deep in our hearts and helping it dwell in us richly. And I feel like, for me, writing music is a way that I— wrestle through kind of what I'm thinking and put it into a concise
3: yeah. form because yeah. in my head
0: I'm going all around mm-hmm. and I have a million thoughts and so music helps me put it into yeah. uh, concise words and then hopefully give that as a gift to somebody else yeah. and be like, hey yeah. look look at God, look how God is you know what he's meant to me I hope that And melody can encourage kind of anchor you us
2: I mean you think about a melody and how it will it'll remind you of something it can take you back to a memory.
0: Yeah, I don't know, it's kind of
2: amazing how he's wired our brains to hear something and then automatically think of the words or a time in our history or story. I don't know.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was uh, I'm glad you said what you said there at the end about being a gift to others because I do think like if part of your process of finding rest in God has been uh writing and uh, maybe this therapy has been like getting out in song what the Lord is doing in your soul, it has been a gift to others as well to say and I'll share that. And mm-hmm. I'll put it out there, whether it's uh, what you're releasing now, or whether it's the burn CD that Cassie robbed you of years ago. You've been <laughs> blessing people for a long time, but I do think I love what you said. To the line that sticks out to me is when you said, "I was pointing, I was trying to point my kids to a perfect mom, mm-hmm. and what they needed was uh, their perfect Savior or perfect God." Whoever you said it was, so good. I do think there's something about parenting that just uh, causes anxiety. Some of it might be rooted in trying to replace God with ourselves, but. Chelsea, what do you think? Why do why do moms and dads, why is there such a, a sense of kind of uh, frenetic anxiety around parenting? Why is that plague on our fears?
3: I can't think of any reason why it wouldn't. <laughs> 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 the fact that we've been entrusted with people and most of us, like we get through the day not like keenly aware of our shortcomings, but at the same time, like we know they're there, right? Like oh, we yeah. have this deep reciting sense of I, I'm not good enough or I'm not perfect. And then we're given these people to raise Mm -hmm. and to teach and instruct and nurture and to love— most of us also carry some sort of wounds from our own childhood. So then we have these fears of like how we will scar and mar our own children that we love. Um, and then our world right now, we have with social media and technology, we have windows into way more people's homes than we ever have before. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. And so the opportunity for comparison mm-hmm. um, to steal our joy is feels unlimited. Mm-hmm. that we can constantly tell ourselves that, that not only are we doing a terrible job but we know lots of people who are doing a really good job. Yeah. And so the opportunity to let fear have a stronghold, to let condemnation have a stronghold, all of these things are right there at our fingertips and praise God that that it, the spirit's power is also Mm -hmm. Right here for us to do a work and to say we can reject anxious thoughts and um, we can squash those by the power of the spirit that the Lord would do a work in us and say we'll be different and we won't succumb to those fears and let them take us over. But man, they're right there, right, crouching out the door.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, for for all of you, for any one of you, when you guys do feel, because all of us will feel after a parenting mistake, we feel kind of lousy. We feel like Mm we it crushes us a little bit because it's so important to us to do it well. Or Parenting becomes really hard, and there's a lot of hard things about parenting. When you're in one of those moments, where do you guys find rest? Like, what do you do? How does how does a parent rest? Mm, that was a good rest, mm, right there. Yeah, I'll a rest from talking. They love. Do you guys do anything to rest? Do you, like, sleep when they're sleeping? Do you, uh, is there something you read? Is there something you run to? Is there something you listen to? That says when, when this is hard, this is where I go.
0: I mean, I think when we're, I'm in the middle of a parenting mistake,
1: mm-hmm. I think
0: what Satan would want me to believe in terms of like the lie is that it's up to me mm. to um, mold and shape these kids, um, and and it partly is. It's not untrue. We're you know sure. we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling, but He's working and willing for His good pleasure in, in us, and so. We're participating in what he's doing in these kids' lives. But at the same time, this is such good news. The God is, you know, over and above in love with our kids more than we are and Mm -hmm. has a plan for them. And it also will include somehow in his ways, his mysterious ways, it will include the ways we sin against them. And that Mm. I don't know, that somehow he will turn that for their good and for his glory. And, you know, it doesn't excuse our sin and we don't you know, give in and just say, well, this is just how it is. But we just entrust even that to God. Um, I think another thing for me is just remembering that I too am like His beloved child. That's right. That my identity doesn't change based on my actions because I'm in Christ. And Mm -hmm. so I get to respond in love to my kids because I'm beloved first. I don't get to just say, well, so I'm beloved so I can do whatever I want. But it does change how I interact with them. Mm -hmm. um, That I'm not trying to earn points by being a perfect parent, but I'm actually responding to God's perfect love and it's pouring out of me because I'm loved by God. I can Mm -hmm. love my kids. So those two things I think help me. Even in the moment where I'm like about to be really frustrated and you know, just mess up. Yeah, That's what brings me back in. It's like, God loves me even right now. Mm -hmm.
1: And okay. So
0: I don't know that that's really helpful for me.
1: That is good. Yeah. Hey friends, it's March. And that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They got the brand new Little Pilgrims Big Journey Complete Box Set. It's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com, and remember the promo, Family 10 to get 10% off your entire order. Hey, listeners, we live in a world where anxiety, depression, and weariness seem to be the basic descriptors of our lives. For many of us, our calendars and our plates are overfull, yet our lives still lack joy. But it doesn't have to be this way. Jesus invites you to have true and abundant joy that's only found in Him. In John 15, Jesus reveals three very surprising pathways to finding this type of joy. You can discover these pathways in the new book, Overflowing Joy, by author and Bible teacher Tara Dew. This is available at Lifeway.com, and you can save 40% off with the code JOY40. Again, that's J-O-Y, the number four, the number zero. At Lifeway.com, the new book is Overflowing Joy by Tara Dew. Check it out.
2: I think, well, two things. I'm so grateful to not be doing this alone. I have a—my husband is such a great partner, and it, I don't know if you guys experience this, but it feels like when one of us are at our end, mm-hmm. the other one kind of comes in mm. and speaks truth to us and encourages, like, my heart, and then also will kind of help lead the children and whatever. So if it's—I'm angry with them over something that's not a big deal or even is a big deal, like if I'm, like, spinning out of control or if I'm anxious— I'm just so grateful to have Eric who will come alongside and kind of re, re, uh, focus, recalibrate my own heart, my own mind and actions and uh, and help lead us. And then the same is true when it goes vice versa, right? When he's had a hard day or whatever. It's like he's given us each other to help mm. with that. And then I think about my my community of believers who will just help me put back in perspective, like the, the failures that I think are so big and are going to last I don't know, or that my kids are going to look back and remember this one thing or whatever. It's like they just help put into perspective along with scripture, along with prayer, that all of this is part of our story. And it's like the story is so big. And like these little moments, while they're impactful and they matter, but more than than my mistake matters will be how I respond to that or how I then disciple and shepherd them into that. And so having that community around to just help kind of um i don't know share those burdens with one another to not be doing this alone is it's it's huge yeah mm-hmm. it's a
1: big deal i think rest in parenthood too can be rest like it is in anything if there's anxiety about anything where do we find our rest i love what you said carolina about turning to the lord like if we're turning to his word and reminding ourselves what's true is is rest there's also a sense like how do you rest from anything you you stop doing the things that are exhausting you and it is okay the once your kids go to bed or maybe on a regular basis to say, I'm going to do this without my kids so that I can rest. Or where I've made a mistake, I'm going to repent and then I'm going to need to take a break for a minute and say, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to read something, I'm going to do something I enjoy. Or a lot of times I think people, um, unfortunately in our culture today, we kind of associate rest with inactivity. And so it just means rest must be like a nap or must be sleep. But sometimes rest looks like doing something. So it's not just um, stopping entirely. It might be saying, I have a hobby. I have a place. I like, yeah, I know the Bryant family loves to travel. The the Griffin family loves to play games outside. We love to do something. And that can bring rest just to say, let's just change the activity yeah. for a minute. Oh, I feel yeah. like we're having a really hard time doing this. Maybe it's homework has been a hot button issue in your household. You go, you know what? Let's take a break from homework for a minute. Let's rest. Uh, let's rest in the Lord, but let's also rest in the fact that we love each other. We trust each other. Let's Let's take a break. Let's go eat. Let's go eat dinner. Let's mm-hmm. go eat. Just whatever it is to say, we're going to do something different for a moment. Mm-hmm. That's a gift of God. And then to remember that his ner- mercies are new every morning, that just because I'm carrying it with me today does not mean it has to follow me into tomorrow. Yeah. And I can um, be relieved by that. To know, like, no matter how hard I try, my, my kids are going to remember something one day and say, oh, I wish we hadn't sure. done that. Yes. It <laughs> might be because I coddled them too much or didn't love them enough. You know, right. I was too absent or too active. You know, you don't know uh, until later. We're going to try to do our best, but uh, we're not going to nail this thing.
2: Okay, what encouragement for parents would you have who are, like parents who are feeling overwhelmed, what encouragement would you offer them?
0: Overwhelmed with anything specific or just too much? I think just
2: the task of parenting, of just how big it is. I remember getting in the car with our first, four hours after she was born, we, we um, did like the birthing center thing. So they like send you home pretty mm-hmm. immediately. And I just thought, why are they letting us take this child home? You're right. Like It's harder to get a driver's license in our country than it is to take
0: a child home. right? And so I think just overwhelmed with the whole scope of it. Yeah. I mean, we've spoken to it a little bit, but I I really do think that uh, when we're feeling overwhelmed by the weight, and it is a weight of of this thing we've been entrusted to do, sometimes we're like, wait, what? Are you sure? Uh, Then knowing that God is sovereign over their lives and that He loves us and He loves them is— such a truth that we can cling to. I think as they're walking through something, sometimes when I find myself, like right now we're in these teenage years, and this is like a whole new chapter for me yeah. where um, I, my Ellie is great. I hope it's okay to, I'm like, will she listen to this? I don't know. <laughs> um, Ellie is an amazing kid. Um, but even still, like there's just new challenges in junior high. And mm. um, I when I find myself getting anxious and getting restless about something. Um, My friend Erica, who actually goes to y'all's church, um, Erica Smith said, I feel like whenever I get like that, there's an idol under there. Mm. And so God is doing a new thing in me, even as a mom, as I get overwhelmed. It's like, what is the idol underneath there? Uh, Because on one hand, we do have this weight that we've been entrusted with that we are not sufficient for. And that's why we have the Spirit. That's why we have the Word, that's why we have community. That's why we have forgiveness. Yeah. On the other hand, sometimes when we get overwhelmed, it's because we are trusting in ourselves totally. and trying to manipulate an outcome. Yeah. Um, or we have an idol of what it looks like for our kid to be flourishing. Mm-hmm. We have the wrong idea. And so we keep having to come back to maybe, why are we getting overwhelmed? Is it just the, the simple weight of it and we just need to trust the Lord mm-hmm. with our kids? Or is it something that we're putting onto what it means to be a parent a voice we're listening Mm -hmm. to or comparing ourselves or Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, Yeah, that's
3: good. Well, I'm sure every time something hard happens, you know, you just write a hit song (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that must be nice. Uh, (laughs) Since my rap career is (laughs) fizzling, (laughs) I really just envy that. Um, So Caroline, I know that you write um, a lot of music for other people. Do you ever write something that's just for yourself or just for your family? It's hard
0: to write something that I never share, Um, Mm. but I do write a lot not thinking will, sometimes I write thinking I may never share this. But then usually it gets to the point where it's like, I think I do wanna share this, Mm. right? But I think that simple act of when I sit down to write, sometimes I'm sitting down and I'm saying, I want to write a song about this for this album or for this women's retreat we have coming up. We wanna write a worship song about freedom. Let's sit down and do this. But a lot of times when I'm sitting down to write, it's just something that God's already been working in me. Um, or I write sometimes pers- more personal songs, and I'm, I just kind of hold on to those until I have enough. And so one, for example, was when my dad passed away about a year and a half ago. I uh, learned a lot about how death is an enemy and just saw that firsthand. And I wrote a song about that, and I never intended to share it. But I am realizing that maybe I should at this point. Hmm. But it's good for me to write, you know, just without thinking bigger than just this moment. And then later, sometimes those turn out to be the best
3: songs to share. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like a journal entry that isn't locked up. Uh, Like all mine. (laughs) Uh, Because none of them turn into beautiful songs. Is music a part of the way that you lead your home spiritually? Yeah. I mean, I think my music in
0: particular, I think music for music's sake is awesome. But at the same time, my music in particular, I think, is for the sake of telling God's big story. right? And so I think that's a little bit more of how it comes out in our home. I think sometimes I feel like people must think we sit around and just like sing hymns all day. But yeah, um, do you? Uh, no. <laughs> we can't yeah. Nick sing. Can Nick sing? <laughs> no, he can't. I mean, Barbara. sorry. I mean, he can't. Everyone can sing. <laughs> Buddy the Elf told us. I don't know if it's everyone a can sing. You no, know, <laughs> it's not like that. Um, or the Von Trapps. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I do value music and I think creativity and all of that is so important because it's forming us. Yeah. But we're not necessarily sitting around and singing hymns all the time. Although I think that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think that what we sing and what we also what we read, like the stories we read yeah. and the movies we see, and the way we interact with movies and television and all the things, all the beautiful things we're consuming, even nature, um, is forming us because we're imaginative creatures. And so I think that's the way it kind of comes out in our family is that um, as we're sitting down reading the Bible, I want to be kind of Imaginative, how I read it. And that sounds maybe not good. But what I mean by that is, like, what would it have felt like to yeah. be in that story? Yeah. yeah. Um, what would you feel like if you were Eve in that story? And just reading the Bible that way. And I think that helps our kids because our kids aren't just little data collectors. They're imaginative creatures, too. Right. And so they don't need just information and just truth. They need meaning. They need story. And so that's, that's, that comes out. And also, I like, Love a really good story, mm-hmm. like I love yeah. the Wing Feather Saga yeah. by Andrew Peterson, so, Lord of the Rings, and yeah. those stories really do something in me. And so I'm like evangelical about that with my kids, and yeah. and because it. I'm so excited about those stories, now they're excited about those stories. Yeah, yeah. and I hope that it, the gospel works in those stories as it has in mine. I in love my how kids from even
2: like just from board books. I remember my girls when they were little, like saying, I'll be, I'm that one. Like they're looking uh-huh. for themselves in stories. That's they're so looking fun. to identify. So even in scripture, or like we've watched some of the Chosen series, yeah. they're like identifying and they're like, oh, I feel like I'm like that person. Mm-hmm. Like right. they're, I don't know, they're searching kind of even for their own identity through story. And yeah. um, it's really important. I like the way that you're thinking about that and how you're using that in your music.
0: And the Bible does that, you know, it's full of like metaphors and, you know, a third of it, uh, someone taught the other night on the Psalms and a third of it is, a third of the Bible as a whole is poetry. And so Jesus told stories. And so all of that, when sometimes we think we just need to like put all this truth in our kids like a zip file and like download (laughs) it into them. But really, um, this is going to be a long haul thing and it's truth, but it's also um, this big story that they're going to find themselves in that's going to yeah. give them a perspective on the world that yeah.
1: they're walking around in. I love so much of that. I love all of that. I think it would be a huge blessing to us too. I know that anybody listening who maybe hasn't listened to Caroline's music, you can go find it wherever you listen to music and she's released some incredible stuff, but it would really bless our listeners if, if you would play us a song. I would love to hear you play us a song and maybe... If we could listeners, since this episode is supposed to be um, addressing a little bit of that rest and freedom we want for you, I hope that while you're listening to Caroline play here, while she's singing over you, you'll not only be caught up in kind of the story that Christ has told, in which you play a role, but in which he is the star, but it would also just bless you with that moment of just contemplation mm-hmm. and rest. That uh, since podcasting is an auditory medium, and that's what Caroline does, she's creative in a medium like that. That right now you take a second and be blessed like this. So, Caroline, would you be willing to play us a song? Totally, yes, thank you. Could you tell us a little bit about the song you're gonna play for us?
0: Yeah, There's a Mountain is a song I kind of wrote in the midst of the the falling, failing stage of young motherhood where I saw the gospel as really, really good news for me, Um, even though I had already believed it, but I was functioning as if it weren't true. And so this song is about the upside downness of God's kingdom and how he invites us into that.
1: I love that. There For Thank you so much for blessing us, Caroline. Thank you for blessing us with your music. Thanks for blessing us with your time. Before we let you go, the one way that our listeners can bless you, even right now, is praying for you, praying for your family. What are ways that our listeners can be praying for you?
0: Yeah, um, I have this album of Psalms coming out. And I think with every album and thing that I put out into the world, I really want it to not be look at me. I want it to be look at God. yeah, But that's always a weird line to walk in the age of social media and also just wanting to be a good steward. So that's a big prayer. Um, And also continuing to have discernment about how to walk faithfully as in all these roles that I have, mom, community member, church member, and songwriter. So just listening to the Lord in that and discerning what faithfulness looks like.
1: When does your Psalms album come out?
0: Well, singles are slowly coming out all spring, but May 12th, the hey, whole album will May be May
1: 12th, the whole thing.
0: Yes. That's
1: great. So be looking for that. Uh, do you have a website that, we can, that people can find you at?
0: Yes, carolinecobb.com.
1: carolinecobb.com, C-O-B-B. All right, well, Caroline, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank
0: you. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, thanks for listening, friends. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can visit one of our sponsors, share this episode with one of your friends, and if you want to keep up with us, join the conversation. You can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We love you listeners. We're looking forward to all God has for us for the rest of this spring, including the Psalm songs coming from Caroline, and we will see you next week.